How is your prayer life? If you are like most of us, it has seasons and sometimes lacks consistency. Prayer, faith, and holiness are key to reaching your destiny. Join Prophet Nanaseyo Pukusakori as he encourages the body of Christ to get closer to God in prayer. One of the nature of Christ is love. There are two things on earth that is so practiced in heaven. The language in heaven is faith and the character is love. Because God called the things which be not as though they were. So God obeyed by faith. When Jesus cast the victory and the disciples say, Master, the victory you cast is with that way. He said, have faith in God. It means that the literal translation says, have the God kind of faith. The God kind of faith believes in what he said. In the book of Genesis, Genesis is the handiwork of God. Revelation and Ephesians talk about the predestiny or predictions of what is about to happen. Them that he predestined, he called. So God is an architect. The architect doesn't build, but he put the drawing on the paper for the builder to use the drawing to build. So God imagined how the world is going to be. And in Genesis, he started calling them. So you see two things there. God said and God saw and God said and God saw and God said let there be light and there was light and God said let the sea come and the sea came so in the faith operation you must say it and believe that you will see it Prophet Nanaseo Pukuksakodia is an end time season firebrand prophet and an evangelist with a unique preaching ministry anchored on prayer he teaches and prophesies the word of God with signs and wonders and now Prophet Nanaseo Pukuksakodia We are in a very strange times. I believe strongly that we are in the very end of the end time. Amen. Tell your neighbor you must make it to heaven. At all costs. Hallelujah. Do whatever you are doing, but stay away from things that will cut you off from heaven. It's a good place to clap for Jesus. Hallelujah. As I listen to the news and I open the Bible and I look at what is happening around the world. I can conclude that the Bible is true. The word of God is true. These are prophecies that were given thousands of years. Jesus said, kingdom will rise against kingdoms. Nations against nations. The love of many will grow cold. He said, when all this thing happened, it's not the end. Hmm? It's not, but we are close. Hallelujah. Amen. It means that we have come to the place that you can't just be an ordinary Christian. You either belong to God or you don't belong to him. I love what a Nigerian friend preacher told me. He said, prophet, in our country here, you either know Jesus or you don't know him. You are down on God's side or you find somewhere. Like a pastor was preaching and somebody, a leader of the church, took a juju and challenged the pastor. And the pastor also took his one and challenged the man back. So that is, uh, he's preaching, but I mean, you either belong to God or you have something. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Well, last week I started a message and I call it conscience. How many of you remember? Okay, there's quietness. If you, if you pretend you don't remember, I'll still continue from there. Hallelujah. We are talking about the eternal scale of justice. Conscience. Hallelujah. Conscience. Look at your neighbor and say, do you have conscience? Amen. And I explained different kinds of conscience to them. Continue my message from there. 
Um, Apostle Paul wrote to his son Timothy and in the book of First Timothy chapter 1 and verse number 5. When you go to the New Living Translation, Paul says some things in First Timothy chapter 1 verse 5. He said that the purpose of my instruction, uh, if you are a young up-and-coming pastor, you have to constantly read the book of First and Second Timothy. It is a book that gives you the qualification of a bishop and a deacon. And Paul was instructing Timothy on things to do to become a very good pastor. Hallelujah. So there are different things that connect to the word pastor. It's another word for bishop, another word for shepherd, another word for an elder, different things. But let me not go down. So Paul said that the purpose of my instruction is that all believers, how many? All believers will be filled with what? Number one, talk to me. If you don't have a Bible, look at all believers will be filled with what? So look at your neighbor and say, you have to be filled with love. Now this is the thing. If you are not filled with love, then you are filled with something else. So today, whatever has filled you, we extract that thing and we pray that you'll be filled with love. So Paul said that all believers will be filled with love that come from what? A pure heart. Mm-hmm. So girls, somebody can love you, but it's not from a pure heart. That is why after two years, they cut the relationship off. Don't pretend you don't remember. I will remember you. So that's what it is. Hallelujah. Paul said that the purpose of my instruction, so he was writing and said that I am writing this book unto you. He has almost written just five verses. Now, you have to also understand that the Bible was not written with verses. It was like a letter. It is scholars that bring verse 1, verse 2, verse 3. So one of the ways to understand the Bible is to read it like you are reading a letter. Is there anybody here that your boyfriend or girlfriend has written you a letter before? At least let have one person that, oh, that's what you are, I know. Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. So, you see, your boyfriend doesn't write a letter and say that, okay, verse 1. Hmm? Or do you have any letters like that? There's no letter. They write it. Hallelujah. Yeah, they make quote. You are the only sugar in my cocoa. You are those things. They quote. Some, I remember when we were in secondary school, we used to go and learn things from Sons of Solomon. Oh, what are you talking about? Hallelujah. Now, what it is? The purpose of my instruction, hallelujah, is that all believers, how many? All believers, all believers will be filled with love that comes from what? A pure heart and a clear what? Conscience. So, three things he demanded. I'm writing this book, and it's for all up and coming ministers, choristers, ushers, anybody that is a believer. Number one, you must be filled with love. Unfortunately, many of us are in the church, we are not filled with love. How do I know you are not filled with love? If you are sitting in church or under the sound of my voice and somebody has done you something and you have not forgiven the person, you are not filled with love. That is the reason people are tormented in church. That is the reason people are, when I say torment, you sleep, something is chasing you in your dream, you, you have nightmares, you have, the Bible says fear is torment. Fear is torment. And anyone who is not per, made perfect in love will walk in fear. So one of the ways to eliminate fear is to walk in love. Because perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love does what? Cut off what? Fear. I have a very big writing somewhere in one of my Bibles. You don't lose walking in love. It doesn't cost you anything. It costs you everything not walking in love. Paul said that, this is what I'm writing to all believers. You will be filled with what? Love. Receive grace to be filled with love. That the love must come from what? A pure heart. 
And then if the love that comes from a pure heart is going to work, it must be based on a clear conscience. No ulterior motive. If I'm giving you this money as a girl in the choir, I don't have any ulterior motive. Unfortunately, most of the people giving you things, they have ulterior motive. So, Bishop James said that we are living in a generation there's no free lunch. So, that, 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 that chicken you are eating, oh, Jesus Christ, I wish God to open your eyes. I wish God you open your eyes. I wish God. People can be so naive that, oh, because I'm a married woman, I think he's just doing me a favor. There's no free lunch. We live in a generation, I'm going to go deeper into my teaching. The conscience are so dead that there was a time people stay away from marriage women. So a, a man sees a woman wearing a ring, you stay away. But today they don't care. And most of you know what I'm talking about. From the office where you are working, they don't care. If you, if you miss and you lose God, do you remember that term, lose God? In secondary school, if you lose God, they will change your testimony, change your story, and this, oh, I, 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 Lord, give me some right people that I can preach. Let, tell your neighbor, don't lose God. Say, God, don't lose God. Don't lose God. A lot of you are losing God. If you lose God, they will mess with you. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you lose God. If, if, if you don't know that way, you say, I never went to secondary school, but if you went there, don't lose God. Hallelujah. If you lose God, you'll change your testimony. Conscience are dying. I'm going to tell you. That is the reason why we can't even employ people in church. Let me put it in a better way. That's why people who are businesses in church cannot employ Christians. It would have been easy for anybody to have a business and Christians are working there and the business is going on. But people are only Christians in church. Most of the greatest hurt in the, in, in, in the earth is found in the church. There are ladies in the church, their heart has become hearty because of the way a guy treated them. So many people marry people to manage heart, not to enjoy the heart. No, you pretend you are not listening, I'm going to preach. And I'm preaching already. Somebody say conscience. So as you are sitting here, God doesn't care about your dress. He doesn't care about the way you are speaking in tongues. He's concerned about your conscience. Jump to verse number 18. The same verse, the same chapter, verse number 18. Let's go to verse number 18. Watch this. Timothy, now put your name there. So Nana say, my son, here are my instructions for you. Based on the prophetic word spoken about you earlier, may they help you fight well in the Lord's word battles. Next verse, watch this. Cling to your faith in Christ and keep your conscience what? Clear. Cling to your faith in Christ. Connect. Don't disconnect from your faith in Christ. But for, the, for that faith to work, your conscience must be clear. Today I'm going to show you the reason why your faith is not working. You are confessing, you are claiming healing. It's not coming because there's something in your conscience that must be dealt with. Is the eternal scale of justice. Conscience is so powerful. It is what makes you remember God when nobody is there. Conscience. Conscience. Can I tell you this girl? The most dangerous person you can hang around is somebody who has lost conscience. I don't care how you are... That is why... 
the Bible does not permit us to, as a Christian, to marry an unbeliever. Because when you are an unbeliever, your conscience is not only sealed or guilt, it's dead. Because I'm going to show you different kinds of conscience. A dead, when something is dead, the case is closed. So that guy you brought who doesn't know Christ, I know you don't have a future. It's not that me knowing Christ cannot misbehave like the way the guy is also misbehaving. But the difference between me and him is that my conscience can be spoken to by the Holy Ghost. Because of the Christ in me. My conscience can be connected. The spirit of the Lord can speak into my conscience. That is what, it is conscience that make you feel bad. It is conscience that make you go back and say, I'm sorry. It is conscience ha, that will not let you commit adultery. So if you are living in church and you are living, you have a wife and you have a girlfriend, it's a sign of a dead conscience. If you are in a church and you are a young, nice, chorister wearing a red dress with a blue band and you are sleeping with somebody who is not your boyfriend and you still can come to choir and sing, your conscience is dying. The reason why some people will not commit some sins is not because they cannot be forgiven. They fear the torment of conscience. <laughs> we are going to show you sensitive conscience. We are going to show you active conscience. Now, it means that, okay, Vida is driving. Somebody crosses car. Then he said, you stupid guy, what is wrong with you? Huh? The moment he said that, he said, you are lucky. This girl is also driving. Somebody crosses car. Stupid guy, what are you saying? And then, both of them insulted the same thing. But the one with an active conscience, by the time he drive five minutes, the Holy Ghost will start scratching you. You are not supposed to do this. Wait a second, I'm not finished. You are not supposed to say that. The servant of the Lord must be gentle. This is not a demonstration of the fruit of the Spirit. Now watch this. If one of them never hear anything like that, it means that the Spirit of God is departing. So there comes a time God stops speaking to you. Let's connect conscience with obedience. Let's connect conscience with obedience. Let me give you some things to write down. Let's connect conscience with obedience. Conscience and obedience. There comes a time when a man hears God no more. Now these are the signs that will happen. That will let you hear no God. Every time you disobey. You continuously disobey. It means that God keeps speaking and speaking, but you don't mind. It will come to the place God will stop talking to you. That means that there is something you are doing that God keeps telling you, stop it. Stop it. Anytime you do it, you might not hear the word stop it, but you feel so bad. And I can remember some of you guys, when you go to some of your boyfriends, they sleep with you, you come, you feel so bad. That was on Saturday. February 4th. But by February 10th, you are there. You go there again, you come back after finishing. The same voice that day with you, February 4th, comes back. Then God said, no, I don't like this thing you are doing. I have a purpose for your life. He might not go into the details like this, but anytime God lets you feel bad, he's showing you the purpose he has for your life. And you are fighting him from fulfilling the purpose based on your character. Watch this. So, he does again, and then by, by 15 February, you are back. So, you cry. You don't repent. You regret. 
Repentance should make a U-turn. Regretting, you repeat. So anytime you continuously disobey, as God keeps speaking and you don't mind, when you keep stealing, and then we go keep talking, God will never talk once and stop. Hey, look at Cain. Before Cain killed Abel, God came and said, why is your countenance falling? If you do that, what is wrong? Will you not be accepted? But if you are doing what is wrong, sin lies at the door, but master it. So there is a realm you come to, you must master sin. Another word for master means that overcome it, rise above it, make sure you are delivered from it. Conscience, it's a dead conscience will still somebody's tight. Dead conscience, God deep are so tired. I'm coming there. You will not feel it. I'm going to show you how people are living in sin, but they never miss church. They will fornicate Saturday and they will be the first to be on church on Sunday. It means that they are coming to the place that their conscience is dying. There comes a time God stops speaking to you. Take this message serious. Some of you, your breakthrough is not you want a car. Lord, increase my spiritual capacity for purity. Increase my spiritual capacity for obedience. Increase my spiritual capacity for holiness. Lord, I don't like the way I am living with you. Help me. Tell your neighbor conscience. Conscience and obedience. There comes a time when a man hears God no more or God stops speaking to you. I say, number one is what? When every time you what? You disobey. Number two, every time you delay obedience. Every time you delay obedience. It means that delay obedience is equal to disobedience. Some of you, you will do it but you will not do it the time God said. All these are symptoms that come to a time. As you continue doing it, God must stop speaking to you. You delay in obedience. Now look at it. Leave your father and your mother. Go to a land I will show the next Abraham departed. Now one of the significant you will learn about Father Abraham is that it's not just obedience but prompt obedience. It's not just respond, but prompt respond. So the moment God speaks, take your only son, go to my tomorrow, the next morning he's on his way. After today, by the time I finish the message, you know where your conscience are. Amen. Third one, obeying partially. Every time you obey partially, you are coming to the place where God stops speaking to you. Mmm. Mmm. Let's connect purity, conscience, and faith. Everybody say purity. Everybody say conscience. Everybody say faith. First Peter chapter 3 verse 21. Go to the King James Version first. Thank you, Jesus. The like figure whereon to even baptism that also now save us. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good word, conscience, toward what? God. By the resurrection of what? Jesus Christ. Everybody say good conscience. If there are good conscience, then there are bad conscience. I submit to you again. Go to the New Living Translation. Let's see something there. Wow. And what water is a picture of baptism which now saves you not by removing death from your body, but as a response to God from a clean conscience 
It is effective because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So conscience can only be effective when you are connected to Christ. But after you get connected to Christ, obedience is very crucial to keep a sound conscience. Connect to 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 5. Go to the King James Version first. And let's get something here. Now the end of the commandment is what? Love is another word for charity. The King James says charity. Out of what? A pure heart. And of a good conscience and of faith on faith. The end of all the commandment is what? Give me the NIV version. Mm-hmm. The goal of this command is love. Which comes from what? A pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Message Bible. I love this one. A whole point of what we are urging is simple. Love, love, uncontaminated by self-interest and counterfeit faith and life open to God. The whole point of what we are urging is simple. Love, 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 love. There's a Bible called GMT. If you have, they put it there for me. I want to show them something. The purpose of this order is to arouse the love that comes from a pure heart, a clear conscience and a genuine faith. So there are fake people operating is fake. I don't care the way you are confessing and claiming and going to. If your conscience is dead, nothing will work. If you kill your conscience, nothing will work. It is the fastest way for God to stop speaking to you. Because when your conscience dies, you come to the place, you don't know what is seen and what is not seen. Don't say that person is a fool. Or it's not an akpa. And so forth. When we're teaching the marriage conference, somebody sent us an email. He said that he slept with his house help. When the husband came, he went to Neda and told the husband what he has done. Watch this. If you are to be, you will keep it. The difference between you and that girl is conscience. So conscience will move you to say that mm, I miss it. If you keep it and you don't confess, it does not mean you are smart. It's hard truth. So there are some of you sitting here. The reason you cannot even be delivered is because there are things. Sometimes confession is not just toward God. It's towards man. Confess your fault to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. So there are sins you committed. The confession must go to somebody because it has brought somebody into the picture. Conscience. That's the whole point we are dealing with. That's the whole point we are dealing with. That's the whole point. Lack of conscience will let you forget those who have helped you before. Lack of conscience will let you curse a place that bless you. Lack of conscience is the reason why some people are supposed to be in this church, but they are gone. What made the prodigal son came back is an active conscience. Without conscience, you cannot make a U-turn. No, no, no. Everybody has power to commit adultery the way you are doing. But the difference between me and you is conscience. Conscience. If God can deal with me for insulting a taxi driver, what about if I commit adultery? This is the way you scale it. This is the way you wait. So you see, we are all sitting in church, but our conscience level are not the same. Eternal scale of justice. Jesus Christ. Conscience. Listen to what Paul said in first. He was giving an instruction to bishops. And he was giving an instruction to the qualification of bishop and a, and a deacon. And when it comes to first Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 9, listen to what Paul said. 
Let's go to the King James first, and then we'll come. Chapter 3 say, You go to chapter 6, and let me see something so that they'll get it. Huh? Not a novice. Okay, let's read from verse, chapter, verse 1. Let me see. I just want to show you where this is the true saying that if a man desires the office of a bishop, hmm? so it's not a title. Huh? It's not just getting a title. Now, the bishop, the, the, the other translating change the word, the word bishop is an overseer. That's all. Hallelujah. Now, look at the New Living Translation, the way you talk about bishop. You say an elder or something. Now, this is a trustworthy saying. If someone aspires to be a church leader, huh, he desires an honorable position. So, you just desire, not that you are called or you desire. There are two different things. You don't really have any standard you are called, but this is what you want to do. And you love it. And Paul says it's an honorable thing to just work for God. So if somebody who is not called is working and God says it's honorable, what about those who are called but refuse to come? Do you know the reason why many people are sitting in church? There's a call of God on their life, but they can't come conscience. How come there? It is possible. And listen, you cannot be called and not know. Nobody told me God has called me. If you experience what I experience, you will lose appetite for everything. You can ask all the men of God that are sitting here, they will tell you. You can, I saw people, my father, Reverend Piakofi, was in tech. She was a brilliant mathematician. The call was so strong that second level 200 to 300, he left. Because there is something about God's call, depending on the level of the call, it fights everything that you develop interest. The father you are singing in the choir, that's why God cannot call you. There's some of you singing here, but you are, you are bishops. Watch this. This is a trustworthy saying. If someone aspires to be the church leader, he desires an honorable position. Watch this. Watch this. So a church leader must be a man whose life is above reproach. Watch this. He must be faithful to his wife. Unfortunately, we have deacons and deacons who are not faithful. No, there are people here. They want to have position in the church. But this is the first thing. Now, listen. The moment Paul was listing the qualification, he went to the family life first. The first point of reference is the family life. A man that cannot marry and love his wife should not, should not pastor a church. Because the first success of the pastoral ministry is your family. Look at it. This is God. This is the Holy Ghost. Huh? He must be above reproach. He must be faithful to his wife. He must exercise self-control. 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 Live wisely and have a good reputation. He must enjoy having guests in his home. Nobody visits you. He must enjoy having this is all that because you don't read the Bible. He must enjoy having guests in his home. And he must be able to teach. I told mommy, I say, if I have to build another house, I must build a guest house. Yeah. Now I am living a guest room. I have to build a guest house. Because if 12 years ago I have guest room, after 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 almost uh, this decade of preaching. I must build a guest house. Yeah. So when you come to see me build a house and a guest house, that means that my house there with my family, the same compound, there should be another house there that has people. Why am I doing that? This scripture. Yeah. Now listen. So girl, there is nothing wrong in starting with your house. with a guest. If you build a house, you don't have a guest house. Your conscience is dead. 
Let me start from, if you don't have a guest room, your conscience is there. Anyone here who has a house without a guest room, you are wicked. And the Lord, I mean, God, God, this is the word of God. Can't you see it there? Can't you see it there? Genesis chapter 18 verse 1. Abraham entertained three guests. The three guests, one was God and two angels. Two angels. And they, they were the one, they were passing in front of his household. He carried, they carried his prophetic word. After they finished eating, they say, next year by this time we'll come back. Your wife that is 90 years is going to conceive. Now hear this. If you are here and you have a house and you have a guest room, do an extension and create a guest room. If God has blessed you and you have one house, the second house you are building, don't build a guest room. Have a guest house. It means that you and your wife and children are living in the five-bedroom house. There should be another two or three bedroom there that if I decide to visit you. I'm not saying that Get a guest room and put Saluko Juma there. <laughs> it shows the way your conscience is dead. Now, watch this. The Bible said that he must enjoy having guests in his home and he must be able to teach. 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 The most, one of the most dangerous things the church has ever done is to give a leadership position to people who are immature. Nothing can be compared to that. It has scattered churches. It has brought division. They will create a group. If you bring an immature person, let me tell you something. Maturity has nothing to do with how many years you have been in the church. It's nothing to do with that. I'm teaching. It has nothing to do with that. It's not a sign for maturity. No. MBA is not a sign for maturity. Maybe that is the word MB. It's not a sign for maturity. God doesn't measure it by duration. He measured it by donation. It means that somebody can be in church for two years by his maturity level, controlling of the emotions and the ability to handle issues. Conscience. He must not be a heavy drunk drinker. Huh? That means he must drink but not heavy. Is that what Paul is trying to say? Anyway, Lancers. Amen. He must not be a heavy drinker or, a, or be violent. He must be gentle, not quarrelsome. Not, not love money. Hey. Hey. <laughs> she must not be quarrelsome. You put some people in a group, the group will scatter. Every group here, whether it's a choir or protocol, they know who is troublesome. Don't say anything. Don't look at anybody. Just look at this river. People are not talking. They are, nobody is have the courage to tell you. But in the mind of people, they know you are troublesome. Let's all wear white clothes. You always wear black. And you will stand and criticize. Sometimes, just the dress people will wear to come to group like this, it can create a fight. It's a sign of dead conscience and immaturity. It is not the dress, it's the oil. Hear this. I don't care what you wear. If you sing and people are not blessed, like the way you sing today, you sing, you bless people. 
It's not every time that a choir stands and bless people. Because when you stand to when you stand here, you don't sing, you minister. So listen, there is a program that was organized. It was a musical program. Somebody came there to sing. They gave him the microphone. You know the people that can sing and go from treble to baritone to a soprano. Oh, fill my cup, Lord. You know that thing? He finished sing. Oh, yes, I'm trying. Hallelujah. Yeah, I'm trying. No. He finished singing. Everybody was clapping. Bra, 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 bra. Show. The next person came. She lift up the microphone. Mandalama. People start falling under the power. People were being delivered. Hmm? One perform, one minister. So you can come and perform, but you don't minister to anybody. I am tired of performance. I want some ministration. I'm tired. I'm tired. I won't waste my time and go to a program. No, I used to go to some conference in America. It was fire at a point. I realized that when we finish, at a certain point, we only sing and dance. I said, no, this is what I'm looking for. Don't waste your time on performance. Get to a place that you, might be, you can be ministered to. That means that if you come to church and you are a fornicator and I preach and you stop, I've ministered to you. If you are here and you don't treat your wife well and the word has changed your character, you have been ministered to. If the word of God cannot change you, no advice can change you. Very straight. Now go down. Let me finish this one. He must manage his own family well. Hmm? Qualification of a leader. Having children who respect and obey him. So your children can hear. Cut out their brain. One our friend or no? I have three biological children and a lot of thousands of spiritual children. Yes, but let me talk about my, my, my biological children. They know their boundaries. No. You don't even see them. The movement of my eye is a message. Everything. You have to be disciplined to even live in my house. This is what the Bible is saying. This is it. Having children who respect and obey. Make sure your children develop the grace of respect. You must cautiously teach them to respect. And if you spare the rod, you spoil the child. It's normal for every young child because of the system we live here. If they are 10 years, depending on what they do, they can have a mobile phone. Some of your children are 10 years, they have a phone. Nobody's in the house. If there's anything, they must call mommy. That's fine. The conditions has brought us. But in my home, there's a limit to what you can use the phone. For instance, I have children that are almost 18 years. Some are in the, the boy is in the university. But 
during school time, the university one have spared him. But this one, when school reopened, they cannot have a phone. So my daughter is sitting here. He cannot hold the phone when school reopened. Phone only is given to him when there's vacation. Number two, my son was in form five. When we give him a phone and he put a password on it, I seized the phone for five years. Five years. He cannot use a phone. So if a classmate wants to call him, he calls his mother and go and listen. The principle is that have you seen anybody in this house use a phone with a password? Me and your mother. So if you don't correct your children for the path you have tried, they'll bring their path. And their path might not help them in the future. So when his mother was trying to ask the boy, this one, I said, no, don't come inside. Don't come in. I said, only a man can correct a man. That is why sometimes divorce can be dangerous. There are things I see mommy dealing with the girls on it. It, it. To me, it's extreme, but God will tell me she knows something you don't know. Stay away from it. When I'm dealing with my son, Anakwame, <laughs> she tried to, because I, said, I told her, I said, listen, don't only train him as your son. Train him as somebody's future husband. This is why a lot of parents have missed it. And my boy, and my boy. So you go and marry somebody, they become a bad thing on somebody's daughter. There are a lot of guys here, they are bad thing. Their wife cannot say it, but they are bad. No, don't say it. Don't, don't look at his face. Don't, just look straight. But I'm, I, I, I am anointed to talk for you. There are guys here, if you didn't get that woman you get in this church, your marriage will not stand. Because a lot of parents don't know that the children they are raising, they are caretakers. Mm. One day they will release them into another family. And don't train them as your child. So stop talking, my boy, my boy, my boy, my boy. You become a bomb boy to another woman. Train him. So straighten up. One day I was driving with my son somewhere in the country. And then um, I asked him a question. He said, no, recently we were talking on the phone. And now we share things and I told him, I said that. So we're talking, something came in and I said that, oh, have I been very hard on you? I said, no, 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 daddy. It's when I came to university, I saw that. I thought you were hard on me, but I realized that it has helped me. Because he said, there are things, eh? If you didn't correct me at that time, I thought it's the right thing. Because you can go to school and people are doing things normal that you don't have the opportunity to do it. Why? But he said, after this time. So there are things, that is why one of the cardinal signs of a fool is that he hates correction. The Bible said, rebuke the corner and he will hate you. So, if, if you hate correction, it's a sign of the foolishness in your heart. Because even them that the Lord loves, he chastised them. So, God's chastising, dealing with you, making you uncomfortable, is a demonstration of his love. Don't do this. Stop doing this. Don't hate people. Don't wish people evil. God will correct you because the formation of Christ in you for if a man cannot manage his own household, how can he take care of the cause church? Now, today, this thing, we don't talk about it in our generation. No, you can't talk about it. And this is the danger. When they fail in an area, they don't want anybody to talk. 
No. If you are a pope and you want to marry, your marriage didn't work. It does not mean that everybody must not talk about the fact that divorce is wrong. No. Do you know there's a scripture? Let me not go into it. It's wrong. I don't want to go into it to divert my cause. So, if I am a leader and I did something and I fail, I must not emphatically say that because I fail, nobody must talk about it. Because if you fail, you are fail. That's what it is. Because the Bible says, let, 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 let God be true. And every man be what? A liar. So when we gather, the only truth is this. All of us are liars. Only this one is true. So the final point is that, at the end of the day, thank God for Pastor Abbe's idea. Thank God for Pastor Elijah's idea. Thank God for my idea. But let's go and find out which idea line up with what God is saying. And until we do that, we are in big time trouble. For a man cannot manage his own house, how can he take care of God's church? A church leader must not be a new believer. So don't give them position because they give big offering. Oh, I'm talking to a pastor who is listening to me. Don't give them. It will not happen in this house. Never. A church leader must not be a new believer because he might become proud. Mm. So this is the basis. If you give a position to somebody as a church leader, a board member, a deacon, and they are new believers, you inevitably, they will demonstrate pride. And they will even think that they know more than you that ordained them. I have never seen two captains in an aircraft. There's always a, a pilot and a co-pilot. No, most times, they call the co-pilot a flight officer. And they call the man in charge a captain. The traffic control only speaks to captains. Don't be in this church and think God can speak to you more than me. Concerning the running of this place. Because I am the captain of this aircraft. That is why Paul has opportunity. Titus, Timothy, they all pastor churches that Paul planted. No, it's, it's pride. There was a lady one day I finished preaching. He came to me and said that, interestingly, anytime I'm preaching, any scripture I'm going to quote, he know it before I quote it. And know it mixed with pride. It's not a gift of the spirit. He's just trying to show that he knows something. Many years ago, I used to have the opportunity to sit with great men of God. I can be one day, even here, there was Pastor Ago, there was uh, uh, Dr. 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 Kinsia PJ, there was Bishop Takia, boy, Reverend Isu, and I'm sitting with them. I remember they were talking, the Lord told me, when you sit with these people, keep quiet and listen. I learned a lot of lessons from it. When people are in the place you are here to get there, and you sit with them, be quiet. Now, every sign that you also want to make your contribution is pride. What are you going to tell them that they don't know? If I sit with this girl and this girl and I'm talking to them and they are trying to make contribution, what are these two huh, girls going to say that at their age and my age that I don't know. 
Do they even know about life? So when you sit with people who have pastored churches for 40 years, 35 years, 60 years, and you are in your teenage pastry, huh? with peer pressure, you keep quiet. It is foolishness to be around wise people and you try to make your voice very loud. In fact, they will even see you as an immature person. The highest you can do is to ask questions. Because when you ask questions, people talk more. The secret of men are in their stories. So if you can go for the story, you will know the secret. So how did you do this? How did you arrive at this place? Then you start. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I read a book about two years ago. And I remember when I read the book. And let me tell you something. Yesterday night, I woke up. And when you wake up, I was studying. I was studying on the bed. Yes, I woke up and I stay on the bed and I opened my Bible and I was studying. I studied from about three o'clock to there, about four o'clock there. No, from two to about four, two hours I was studying. And I came to a place. I won't quote that scripture for now. I'll break it. The Lord said that you are living in an arrogant generation. This generation is an arrogant generation. And I'm not talking about the world, the church. We show a demonstration of arrogance. And God gave me a scripture. I said, that is the kind of generation we live in. Arrogant generation. Nobody is ready to submit to anybody. Everybody wants to be a boss. Number two, it's a generation of celebrities. Because you, if it's no Facebook, nobody will know you. No? So everybody wants to show themselves. So God can't keep people in obscurity. Because you must be in obscurity before you come to popularity. But people expose themselves before God's time. So they get wounded before their time. Amen. No. By the time people came to know me, even when I was doing all night in bed in power, I was not on any social media or anything. At the point, even advert, God told me, stop doing advert on radio. Just open your mouth and say that you are starting a meeting and people will come. Because I even learned from Jesus that it is not every time you want to be known. Mm. Jesus will heal people and tell them, don't tell anybody. Yes, it means that Jesus, you don't want me to share the testimony. I want you to share, but I don't want my name to be a part of it. Oh. Because the more you share, the more people will find out who did it. So keep it. His mother said, boy, their drink is finished. He said, mommy, my time has not yet come. Girl, I know you are beautiful, but I might not be your time. Not every in the choir can start singing sorrow. If they give you sorrow, some demonic arrow can hit you, you will not come back. Don't try to go to international ministry when God has not built you for. You cut your life premature. I'm telling you. Let me tell you this. This is why it is important not just to be in any church. Do you see what I'm doing? This thing I'm preaching here is only 30% of my ministry. 70% of the ministry I do it in my prayer chamber it means that I must pray for you more than I pray to you and I'm telling you by God's authority some of you if it's not because of my prayer sacrifice you will not be alive and God told me that you will not be alive I know that some of you must experience some things so when you see me going 
for this length of fasting it's not because I need silver it's not because I need gold it's not because I need anything I spend time praying for you at the altar because a good shepherd will lay down his life for the sheep and that is what I do it doesn't matter how much it costs me I will make sure you will get out of that satanic bondage and if I have to stand in the gap and take the arrows I take them All night after all night, fastings after fasting, prayer after prayer, hours. Oh, can I tell you this? That is a reason why sometimes I don't reply your messages. I can't reply all the messages. But sometimes I open the message side of my phone and I say, the things they sent to me, the ones they sent, Lord, you know about it. You know this thing they said, Lord, do something. Intervene. Change the story. I pray on messages. I pray on emails. I pray on WhatsApp. I pray. An elder must not be a new believer. Because he might become proud and the devil will cause him to fall. Cause him to fall. Some of the highest foundation is caused by decades. Leaders. Amen. I've never acquired a choir master before. I don't think it is easy. No. Everywhere women are plenty, leadership is difficult. Bishop TDJ said something that shocked me. Bishop TDJ does a program called Manpower. Only men meet. And there's a program called Women That Were Loose. Only women. He said, we find it difficult to manage women that were loose than manpower. He said, this, 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 this expression of sometimes says, slap your neighbor by the side. Somebody, another sister slapped somebody. In the chair, it became a fight. This one was biting this one's bread. This one was seriously. He said, you highly see people fighting manpower. Woman. Oh. Woman. Oh, you are losing yourself from it. I don't know where you got it from. I'm telling you. Thank God for the maturity in this church. Thank God. One man of God came here and said, apart from all the power and the prayer, there is one thing I sense here, peace. He said, I can fail. He said, when you go to a church, there's division, you can tell. Let me tell you something. This beautiful church you are sitting in, the most dangerous person here is the one who wants to divide it. It will affect everybody. Not just me. Maybe I'll survive if you want. Anybody that wants to bring division. Joyce Meyer said that. I have been preaching for 40 years. My team that I travel with. The greatest thing I fear is somebody there with animosity spirit. To divide the team. And go and say something to this and come and say different thing to this. He said, when I get it, I will eliminate you quickly. Go to the next verse. Also, people outside the church must speak well of him so that he will not be disgraced and fall into the devil's trap. Even unbelievers must speak well of the man who is in the church. Verse 8. In the same way, Dickens must be well respected and have integrity. The first one up to verse 7 was bishops. Now he's coming to Dickens. They must not be heavy drinkers or dishonest with money. 
But the verse 9 is my beef. They must be committed to mysteries of the faith. Now reveal and must live it what? Clear conscience. One of my favorite, favorite apostles in the Bible is Paul. I mean, I call him first class apostle. Oh, Jesus. He is very bold. I don't think he's a good preacher. But he's a prophet writer. The reason I know he's not a good preacher, one day he preached until somebody died. No good preacher can preach until somebody will die. No. He preached and somebody fell on the uh, this day and died. <clears throat> In fact, some of the writers even said that people were even despised by his preaching. But when the man writes, Jesus Christ. If you go back to the Bible, you see sometimes it's letters, they are afraid to open it. But in 2 Timothy chapter number 1 verse 3, listen to one of his testimony. Listen to what Apostle Paul said. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 3. I, I hope that's it. Kim James version. Watch this. Listen to Paul. He said that, I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with a pure conscience. This is one of the qualifications of the apostle. He said, he thank God whom he has served from his forefathers with what? Pure conscience and without ceasing, I have remembrance of the Iman prayers. She wanted the people to believe he prayed for them. And he said that the foundation of what I'm talking about is that the God I've served from my forefathers with pure conscience. It means that when I say I pray for you, I mean I pray. Contrary to you that say I've been praying for you, but you don't pray. Many people tell people I'm praying for you, but they don't pray. It's, it's, it's a sign of a dead conscience. When you don't pray for somebody, but you claim you pray. I thank God whom I serve from my, I serve from my forefathers. With what? Pure conscience. So, do you know something? Even when he was killing the Christian, she was doing it with a pure conscience. He thought he was doing God good. Until it, that is why maybe God spare him. So sometimes it's not the act, it's the motive. God checks it. Why did you do this? What is the reason for doing what you did? God checks the motives. God checks the motive. Man look at the outward appearance, but God looks at the inside. What is your motive for chasing this girl? Why do you want to marry her? What is your motive for following this man? If it is his money, it will be revealed. You can do nothing against the truth but for the truth. There is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed. It will come out one day. Listen, you can hide your motive for now, but time is a vindicator. Time will tell. I thank God. Who myself, give me the new living translation. I love this man, Apostle Paul. He wrote it. Timothy, I thank God for you. The God I serve with a clear conscience. Clear conscience. Pure conscience. Clear conscience. Pure conscience. I wish after church, every one of us would develop a pure conscience. That is true. Conscience. Ooh. Hear this girl? By the time we develop a pure conscience, five minutes prayer can shake her. Sometimes, eh, we are praying holding our hands, but in the heart, I don't like, I don't like her. I just spoke something about her. I just said something bad about her, but I am pretending I love her. 
and we are praying Kayobo. So when we hold our hands, God sees what we don't see. Conscience. People wishing people evil to prove a point. People who don't smile and don't talk to anybody. Oh, you do it to your own disadvantage. People who cannot get along with other people. Because people don't behave like you, you don't like them. I thank God. Watch this. Timothy, I thank God for you. The God I serve with what? Clear conscience. Tell your neighbor from today, serve God with a clear conscience. There's another thing I wrote here, hardened conscience. It's connected to a hardened heart. Hardened conscience is connected to what? A hardened what? Heart. Oh, hardened conscience. Nothing moves them. Listen to me from today. Let nothing sinful be found in you by God, which you have not repented from. I'm going to show you something in a second. A hardened conscience takes time to confess sins. The more you delay in confessing, the more the devil takes over. If you say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. First John chapter 1 verse 9. But if we ask, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all what? Unrighteousness. Listen. Next week I'll show you the connection with hardened heart and hardened conscience. Guard your heart with all diligence. Out of it are the issues of life. Your heart determines where your destination will be. Listen to me. Develop a heart that is full of love. That can easily forgive. That can easily say, I'm sorry. It is hardened heart that is making a wife tell the husband, honey, I'm sorry. It is hardened conscience that will make a woman go on his knees and say, honey, I'm sorry. I didn't mean what I did. Do you know the word I'm sorry will prevent a lot of marriage from going to the divorce court? The word, I am sorry. But a hardened conscience don't want to say that. In fact, some of you, it's not in your vocabulary. An arrogant generation can say, I'm sorry. And there is another dangerous thing. Even if I say it, what does it? It's, I mean, it's normal. It's not anything. So if I don't say I'm sorry, won't you repent? If, I'm, if I don't say I'm sorry, won't your anger go down? Hey. Your husband is not you. It's called Kwame Mintim. And your name is different. People are raised from a different background. Different cultures. Different understandings of things. Don't deceive yourself that the mindset of you is the same as the mindset of your husband. No. Some people are controlled by culture and tradition. Their upbringing, there are things he has learned. It has to lock up in his mind until the word of God corrects it. It's not corrected yet. And the simple psychological way of living. Conscience. Hardened conscience. Let's talk about clear conscience. Let's talk about clear conscience. Uh -huh. First Timothy chapter 3 verse 9. Holding the mystery of faith in a what? Pure conscience. New living translation. Honey. They must be committed to the mystery of the faith. Now reveal. And must live with what? Clear conscience. It means a baby. I will tell you. Unyobi nyaka. 
Why? Why? Give me money, girl. Why? Is it that sometimes when we give offering, we don't get returns? Eh? God said, when you are bringing your sacrifice to the altar, and remember you have a problem with somebody you have not sorted. He doesn't need your offering. Take the offering aside. Go to your brother. And settle the scores with your brother. Then you can come back and give your offering. If I don't do it and I give, what happened? No returns. But do you know something? The reason why you have brushed those things aside. You are not talking to somebody. You thought you have taken it to normal. When you hear his name, then you start getting angry. Then you are still coming to church. It's a demonstration of hard, hardened conscience. But we are required to serve God with what? Clear conscience. What a blessing. What is a clear conscience? I am lying with my wife and I don't have a guilty conscience of a girlfriend. Clear conscience. Clear conscience makes prayer very sharp. And it brings you to the place of deliverance from guilt. I am lying with my husband and I'm not having an affair with any other man. Clear conscience. Talk to me. There are some of you living with guilt. Come and talk to me. Talk to me. I will give you one wisdom key. You'll be free. Don't hold it. Now listen. If you keep holding a hardening and a guilty conscience, it will bring sickness. The devil will capitalize on it. And that kind of sickness, medical science will not have solution. Because the spirit of a man will sustain his infirmities. Listen, you can't serve God in your terms. All the doubts are not there for our benefit. There is a reason. What kind of selfishness is that? Your last has come. You have a wife lying by your side. Descend the last on air. Don't look for a chorister. This is it. And you, you are not a damping side for last. If you are quiet, God has shown me who you are. Chapter 4, verse 4. This one. King James, first we come to New King James. Right? Don't forget the scripture. My conscience, Paul said, my conscience is clear. But that doesn't prove I am right. It is the Lord Himself who will examine me and decide. So you do your examination, but leave God's examination to make the final judgment. Let's go to the New Living Translation from verse number one. Watch this. So look at Apollos, me, as a mere servant of Christ, who have been put in charge of explaining God's mysteries. He's explained those who are divided the church. Now, a person who is put in charge as a manager, who is put in charge as a manager, must be faithful. Watch this, verse number three. As for me, it matters very little how I might be evaluated by you. So when I stand here to preach, you can go out and judge me anyhow. Look at the way the King James put it. I'll come there. Let me read the King James first for this one. But 
with me, it is very small thing that I should be judge of you. Hmm? Or of man's judgment, yea, I judge not my own self. Come back to the New Living Translation. Watch this. Watch it. As for me, it is very little how I might be evaluated by you or any human authority. I don't even trust my own judgment on this point. Then he said, my conscience is clear. That is the most important thing. Underline that one. Paul said that whoever is talking because hmm, as you are moving about, everybody has their own judgment about who you are. Paul said that is not important because I, 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 I don't control how you think. Number two, can I go deeper than that? It is not my responsibility to force you to love me. It's a choice you have to make. I'm teaching you. Can I go deeper? Hallelujah. Huh? So I don't control your state of mind. So however you judge me, I can stand here and preach and your mindset about me is totally different. Paul said that my conscience is clear. So it is not the way people, it's not what people say about you. What is the state of your conscience? It's not the gossip. It's not the backbiting. It's not what they are saying. They said this. Akai, Akai is not the important thing. What is your conscience state? My conscience is clear. But that does not prove me right. That does not prove I am right. The reason it doesn't prove me right is I don't know the way you are thinking. So my conscience clear does not mean that you see me as a right person. But he went ahead to say that it is the Lord himself who will examine me and decide. So that it comes back to hate the one he has highlighted. Now, if my conscience is clear, then at the end of the day, when God finishes judgment, it will work on my favor. Now hear this. There is nothing wrong for somebody to say, Opema. Opema. But I saw Pema now, Pema, you are in danger. So let them put it on you, let them say it, but don't let it be there. But if they say it and you are doing it, your conscience is not clear. Are you a quarrelsome person? Do you cause confusion? Are you aggressive? Are you selfish? Are you arrogant? Everybody can make, you see. Nobody can define you unless they classify you. So classification leads to definition. But then, everybody's opinion about you is their business. However, whilst you are even thinking evil about you, make sure your conscience. You can be in a choir, naturally open life. You just want to look good. You are coming to choir practice your week. Your eyesight. As a result of living that, people might even think you're a bad guy. Maybe you love men, or maybe they see you in somebody's car, you ask for him, sugar daddy, so. It is not what they are saying. Do you practice? Oh, well, yes. Sometimes we can look at people and misjudge them. Uh, many people, eh, of deception is believing a lie. And concluding that the lie is truth. Obawasha tragedies a gem straight. There are pastors who preach and their wives are wearing three together. No, 
in the days of ignorance, God overlooked. That is why sometimes eh, I, I will not challenge anybody for the ignorant level because something eh, exposure can change your thinking. No, exposure can change your thinking. If you have never traveled all over, you think that there are countries men wear skirt. You say when they are passing, they are going to hell. If it's Scotland, go to Scotland here. Scotland. You can stay in Kumasi and say what you want to say. Because you are in Bantama. And we're in a Brotia Park. So say what you want to say. No, that's, that's, your world is within that. When I started traveling, my mindset changed completely about things. The reason you are, you, are, you, are, you, are, you are thinking the way you are thinking is because of your environment. But God is bigger than your environment. That God should take people who have received the Lord Jesus as their Lord and Savior, walking with God with a clear conscience to hell because they are wearing wig. Think about it. And if you see the way they preach it passionately, a woman must not put uh, uh, French nails on his finger. So God should take them to hell because they are French nails. This one is not a French nail. This one is the finger that has grown. Eh? There is no difference between this one. And the one they stick with super glue. The super glue one means that God didn't give them grace to grow their hand like this. Simple. There's no difference. If you don't have cuteness, uh, uh, this is it cuteness they call it. It's not because you are holy, you are broke. Okay. There is no measurement. All oh, these girls, they are broke. There is no measurement of holiness with cuteness. Oh, for the better way, you don't have time for yourself. Because some of you are challenging the broke because you have some money in your pocket. So let me go by the other side. No, these are not the things God is going to look to take people to hell. I had, a, I had a powerful woman, Joyce Meyer. He said, listen, if you see my fingernails, it assumes me I don't know Christ. My conscience is clear. I have won millions of souls for Jesus Christ. Don't judge me by this. Because some of you, eh, that is the area you put yourself in to try to be holy. You are the worst of all hypocrites. It is dangerous to make an experience a doctrine. Let the doctrine be an authority of God's word. If you had a dream and if you saw Jesus, you can't say everybody should go by that line. This cannot be a doctrine. I have some serious encounters with God. Some of them I can't tell you because if I come and I make it look like the success of a ministry is based on fasting, I will let a young pastor go and fast and become a pencil and prayer and still not get the results. So I know fasting can play a part. Prayer can play a part. But the major part is the God factor. The God factor is a crucial thing. You can't, you, listen, you can't bribe God with fasting to use you. 
You can't bribe God with no, no. You can't even substitute fasting with repentance. This is the bottom line. So we have all kinds of experience, but I can't make it a doctrine. I cannot come and tell you that two days. I will encourage you to fast. I will teach you that these are the physical benefits of fasting. These are the spiritual benefits of fasting. But I can't tell you that when you fast, you get a successful husband. I cannot connect that one to that because I don't have a scripture. The fasting can lead you to make the right decision. But no matter the good man you marry, you need character to sustain it. And fasting don't bring character. To be a submissive wife, to be a humble wife, to be a less talkative wife, you don't get it through fasting. You get it by knowledge. I make it an experience. No, I can't. I can't make it an experience. No. There are women you look at them from afar and you think they can be a good wife to you and better than your wife. But the reason you are making that conclusion is that you have never lived with them. No. Like I told you the other day, if you see me preach, for instance, if anybody fall in love with a man of God, as I'm starting, you feel that, oh, this guy, I wish he's my husband. You didn't fall in love with a man, you fall in love with an anointing. Ah. I read the statistics in America, they say that a lot of women in most churches wish that the pastor is their wife. And I said, oh, this is ignoramus. Don't even pretend that I'm not part of them. Oh, boy. Only God knows. No, I've seen a young girl come, buddy. I pray that I'll get a man like you. But you know, they don't know this. If you fall in love with this, you didn't fall in love with a man. No, I'm a pastor in church, but a man at home. This is it. Most of the people, that is why some pastors can be successful pastors, but not to raise a good family. There are anointed men of God whose wives are not happy. They've resented the ministry. They've resented the work. Even Moses, one of the outstanding men of God outside Christ, he was a bad family man. And he has a bad administration. Moses is one of the worst administrative anointed men of God in the Bible. He left his wife and children doing ministry until his mother, his father-in-law carried children and said, boy, you cannot win souls while your family is dying. Number two, she wake up one morning and do counsel from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. The father-in-law said, you will die. And do you know so That's why I learned that if you don't study, God will not correct you. She will make sure you die in your ignorance. Because God never corrected Moses. It was Jethro that said, take 70 elders. Let's anoint them. Let the courses go on them. Be, be a supreme court. And leave the cases for second court, a high court, and appeals court, and the bigger cases will come to you. Now listen, it was not a counsel from God. It was a counsel from his father-in-law. But when he called the people, God anointed them. So if it's not from God, God could have said, I didn't give you that instruction. But God never corrected it. So the fact that you are prayerful does not mean God will teach you how to marry well. You must read it from books. You must listen to the things I'm preaching. You must study them. So some of you must marry. And when your husband speaks, you keep quiet. And the reason you are keeping quiet is not because you are a fool. You learn some things when you were not married. And you are, you are applying those principles to make it work. So a successful family life is not a gift of the spirit. You don't get it by fasting and prayer. You, you not knowledgeably develop it. So, don't fall in love with an anointing. Fall in love with a man. Huh? Are you getting it? 
If you see an up and coming man of God and he's coming around, start preaching so much more, and you are quite a star, and you, you, you can see yourself that one day you have traveled with him to Amsterdam. And the man is saying, uh, Gideon is saying, I came with my wife. Please, can the first lady wave his hand? That is where your vision is. No, some of them, when they fall in love with men of God, that's so. They don't like, they don't like the stress, they like the fame. If I call you that let's fast for 21 days, what will you say? Hey, when God was calling you, I was not there. <laughs> if a man walked to you and said, I will marry you and you agree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll see that you are sitting in his range over, you are going and coming. Other guests will think you have a breakthrough. Some will even say you are lucky. But with time, conscience will tell. So we will not judge your decision now. But the motives of making that decision, time will reveal it. Conscience. Conscience. Conscience will let you come to church and somebody has left his phone and it's in pass. And you see it. And you carry it and say, Pastor, Pastor Abed, I saw this person's pass and phone in church. Maybe you have to announce. Dead conscience will put it in his bag and take it home. So, it is dead conscience that make people stay. Clear conscience does not stay. Clear conscience does not gossip. Clear conscience will not say anything about people who are not there to defend themselves. May we grow. Conscience, right? My conscience is so alive that if I sin, I come. My wife will know it by the way I'm walking. The dogs in the house will know that when you're correct. The way no, 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 I'm telling you. The way you can do it, you know, people are not fine. No, I'm telling you by the grace of God. If I sin by immorality, between the time I sin until I get to the place of conviction of repentance, I cannot rope. But you Saturday, Sunday, you are on the platform. Conscience. You know, you can come to the place. Now, when you sin, cry, you don't feel it again. That, that is the time you come to that place that when we are preaching and we are talking about immorality and fornication, this is the way you sit at church. Then your friend say, okay, I would die. Oh, I'll buy Watch it. Your conscience is what? Dead. And you are getting disconnected from grace. Let me tell you another thing. Let me tell you another thing. Somebody sits in church, quiet. Quiet. Listen to the things I'm preaching. Go back to the parking lot, sit in his car, Kia. Put his hand on his chair. Oh, Lord. Please. Lord, please forgive me. Lord, help me. I have to come out of this relationship. Everything this man said. Now you are even calling me a man. Everything. 
I'm not your daddy again. I'm a man. I'm not your daddy again. I'm a man. Everything this man said is about me. Lord. Do you know why he's confessing the sin? Conscience is still alive. But that is why I started by saying, if you keep disobeying, God stops speaking to you. How do I know? My spirit will not strive with man forever. So my greatest strength between me and you is that I'm not a perfect man. Paul said that I don't even judge myself. I don't trust myself. But I know my conscience is alive. I do things God will walk to my room and say, no, I don't like what you did. Call this person back. One day, I was in waiting. I have not seen Porter City. The man who threw our things away. Every lawyer said this man is going to be in trouble. Everybody was praying and cursing him. I've told you before. The Lord said, call him pray with him, love him, and if possible, give me a gift. I said, am I hearing you correct? Are you the one speaking? And he said, I'm giving you the next 24 hours. Do it. When I called the man on the phone, I introduced myself. He said, ah. The man said, am I hearing right? Which of us? The man that our church, you came to through our things, are the prophet. So, oh, I see. He said, I see seven times. Because he was shocked that I could say, oh, I just want to know that we love, I love you. I just want you to know this. He even told me that he has some children in uh, uh, New Jersey who listened to me. And we spoke. Because God said, where I am taking you, this man is already raising you are going there. If this man didn't lock you, you'll be complacent. That means that without Goliath, nobody will know David. Ah. Have you seen the way God works? Watch this. This is how it works. So there are enemies you must thank God for them. Like your destiny will never change. Thank God somebody hated you in the office. It pushed you to go to school. Thank God somebody didn't like you. It moved you not to sit in your comfort zone. Without that man throwing things away, we will stay in time until we have arrived. Without that man. Hey! Without benign and Hannah will never have a child. Thank God for the people who hate you. Thank God for the people who don't like you. Thank God for the people who make your conscience come alive. Thank God for the witches and the wizards in your family that move you to be prayerful. Thank God for the authors. Thank God for your uncles who doesn't like your mother. Your aunties who doesn't like your mother. Your aunties who doesn't like your father. That move you to sit and be active and alert. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God for a boss who didn't like you. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God for a, a, a landlord that tormented you. That moved you to buy a land. That moved you to buy that two bedroom. And moved to another four bedroom. And now you are in five bedroom. Thank God for somebody who didn't like you. Hey. Listen. Thank God for the man working in the home office. Who didn't let you get a green card. You could have come to Ghana premature. They could have killed you. Yeah. All things work together for good. 
All things work together for good to them who love the Lord. All things work together for good to them who love the Lord. If they give it to you seven years ago, you didn't have the spiritual maturity to stand the witchcraft in your background. They could have destroyed you. Thank God for the husband that walk out of your life. That destroy the marriage. That restore peace. By this time you are buried. Thank God for your first marriage that didn't work. By this time Thank God for that boyfriend that disappointed you. After three years he is a drunkard. And you are still singing in a choir. Can somebody thank God for something here today? Can somebody out of a clear conscience thank God that you will not criticize and complain about everything that works? It may look like it was a negative, but God used it to work for your good. God used it to rescue you. God used it to deliver you. God used it to destroy what the devil was trying to build. Somebody here understand what I'm talking about. Listen. I have a great man of God. I was talking. He said, Nana, when I was associate pastor in the early stages of my ministry, I committed adultery with a chorister. He said, I slept with the lady. But what I went through, it kept me out of immorality for long. And he said, Now I am a popular man. If I didn't make that mistake at the time when I was in the bottom, I could have made it when I was in the mountain. Which one would have destroyed? So some of you were. Thank God for the mistakes you make when we are at the bottom. Because when you came to the top, no! Because there is a realm you come to. Your mistake damages God's reputation. Listen to what God said to David. Why have you given the occasion for the enemies of God to blaspheme? It means that in the spirit realm, this is what the demons are saying. You're so called a man after my heart. So God said, I can see blasphemy around. You should have done this thing when you were chasing the sheep. So some of you were, thank God for some mistakes you made. It has made you set up. In conclusion, somebody went to somebody and told him that, what do you get from always praying and going to your knees and praying to God? He said, actually, I don't get anything. I'd rather lose something. He said, what do you lose? He said, I lose pride. I lose selfishness. I lose... <laughs> oh, because of your attitude, I won't continue. Are you getting it? So listen... The reason I know you have a future is because of the word you are hearing now. I lose arrogance. I lose quick-temperedness. I lose pride. I lose self-centeredness because they grow from strength to strength. Those who appear before the Lord inside. Listen, it is only in his presence that our weakness dies. You may not change in a day, but everybody can testify you are changing. Listen, 
a man sent me an email he said that i was very angry when i saw my wife started coming to your church and i did everything to fight but he said i gave up and i'm more addicted to your church than my wife he said there is something no matter how i fight my wife he keeps coming but one thing changed me i saw that my wife's attitude has changed that the first time what i would say that she would deal with me now she doesn't even talk he said one day my wife said something that hit me said listen honey i don't care the mistakes you make and how you i love you but you know what when you pray thank god for the god of prophet Anna said. because listen i am not the woman you are dealing with if you met me before I met Prophet and I've killed you long time. <laughs> he said, it moved me. I said, I will go there and listen to what that guy said. He said, the first day I come, I got arrested. You may not change in a day, but I know you are changing. I know, I know you are going to pray. I've not finished. But lift up your two hands. Today, I, I want you to pray what I call a prayer of thanksgiving the lord lord i might not know the details now but i thank god for the things i've been through it is probably what has brought me to where i am lift your hands and pray a prayer of thanksgiving thank you for the job i lost thank you for the promotion they didn't give me thank you for Thank you for the delay. Thank you for the delay. Thank you for the things I lost. Thank you for the things I lost. Thank you for what I got it was wrong. Prayer of thanksgiving. Lift your hand wherever you are watching me on Jesus. Pray a prayer of thanksgiving. God bless you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the message. For further inquiries, contact Belt Prayer Center, P.O. Box, GP21421, Accra. Telephone, plus 233-274-009933 or plus 233-242-472655. Email us on info at portercity.com or visit our website, www.portercity.com. Location, Plot 16, Mutual Road, Pram Pram, Greater Accra, Ghana.